0: Welcome to Greenbull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. On the show, we share how notable leaders apply environment, social, and governance factors in business. Rosa Rivero of Responsibility Matters joins us to discuss the fundamentals of ESG reporting. Rosa has led the development of sustainability reports for corporations across a variety of industries including oil and gas, electric gas utilities, fertilizers, chemicals, and heavy equipment. Today, we discuss ESG reporting frameworks and materiality assessments. Thanks for joining us, Rosa. I'd like to start by having you introduce yourself. Tell us about you.
1: So I have a degree in mechanical engineering and an MBA from Haskin, where you currently go to school. I mean I'm a principal at Responsibility Matters, a consulting firm based out of Calgary, and we work with companies mostly in the resource industry, so oil and gas, mining, chemicals to help them define what's important to them and then prepare their ESG or sustainability reports.
0: So how did you get into CSR and ESG reporting?
1: I'm sure you've heard this many times before, but the path to sustainability or ESG is a very non-linear one. So my first job out of university was in oil field services. Then I started working for a long-term city planning department, helping cities like Kelowna and other cities in BC like plan for their long-term resources. And I got really interested in sustainability because I was an engineer, it seems to make sense that I would take my lead green building certification. But I realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to get out of sustainability. And then when I was doing my MBA, one of the guest speakers came and talked to us about sustainability reporting. And I was hooked. I loved it. It had data. It had exactly kind of business and sustainability together. And I've been working on it um, since 2011. So that's my story.
0: (laughs) Great. And so sustainability can be subjective. How do you define it?
1: So I try to go for the most simplistic definition. So for me, it's anything, and I focus on corporate sustainability. It's anything that will keep the companies in business for a long time. So Really easy to say is really complex to define. It's just, it's different for different companies. So they have to focus on different things depending on where they operate and what business they're in. So, but anything that's going to help them stay in business for a long time.
0: What is the difference between CSR and ESG reporting?
1: Uh, So I try to say, so CSR stands for Corporate Social Responsibility, and ESG stands for Environment, Social, and Governance. I see it as an evolution, so early on when we had CSR reports, it was a little bit more about community investment, about what companies were doing to have positive relationships with their communities and stakeholders and very focused on social license. With time, and there are very many things in between, we ended up with ESG reporting, so environment, social, and governance, that it's really focused on investors and a subset of topics that have financial materiality, so they have financial impact on the companies. And that's kind of where we are today.
0: And ESG reporting isn't linear, but it's quickly becoming critical. How can companies distinguish between the most popular frameworks for reporting?
1: So it's uh, an alphabet soup out there, there's lots of different acronyms and lots of different organizations trying to suggest what are the things that companies should be reporting. Um, I try to always distinguish first between rating agencies and reporting frameworks. So rating agencies um, take some of the information that companies publish and make some sort of assessment or give them a grade or give them a rating. While reporting frameworks are multi-stakeholder organizations that develop guidelines and tell companies what to report, but they don't do any assessment. They don't, they don't tell you whether your company is doing well or not. It's just guidelines about what to report. And even though there are hundreds of them and thousands of rating agencies, I would say, you know, in the reporting frameworks, we have three most common ones. GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative, SASB, the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, and TCFD, the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. Uh, I don't expect you to remember all of those, but so we have uh, GRI and SASB, which are a little bit more comprehensive and tell companies how to report on a variety of topics. Uh, On one side, GRI is more about serving the needs of all stakeholders, while SASV, it's more focused on the needs of investors and other financial stakeholders like lenders or insurance companies. So those two are a little bit more comprehensive and have kind of different things going for them. And then we have TCFD, which is solely based on climate. It's... um, very qualitative, and it asks companies to think long term. It's a little bit about forward looking disclosures, not just looking to the past. It talks about scenarios. It talks about how climate has an impact on the company, not just how the company impacts climate. So it's a little bit in a different space. But for companies looking at all these different names, I would say, you know, looking at those trees is probably a really good place to start.
0: So it's impossible to include every topic on a sustainability or ESG report. How can companies determine which topics are most material to them so they can be sure to include them in their ESG disclosures?
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, nobody really needs a 200 page report. And I think if if companies started reporting on everything that we think of as part of ESG right now, they would end up with really long reports that might not be that helpful. So um, there's something called a materiality assessment, and there are different ways to get at it. But the gist of this is is always, there's a subset of those topics that it's very relevant to the company. It would have an impact on their business. It's of high interest to their investors and also of other stakeholders. It reflects where they operate. It reflects the assets they have. So coming up with a list that it's subset of those very relevant, very material topics is the most important things that companies can do so that they, you know, set themselves up for success when they're trying to report.
0: What are best practices for companies wanting to deliver an effective, informative report?
1: So being concise, even though it's really hard, um, focusing on material topics, it's It's kind of one way to get there. So instead of reporting on everything, focusing on those things that are the most relevant to them.
0: So is it common for companies to change which topics they focus on in their ESG reports year over year?
1: Not to their core reporting need. So, you know, I guess your answer is no, but so they're the things that are the most relevant environmental and social impacts of the company wouldn't change unless, um, you know, they acquire a new company that it's in a different region and now they have to talk about different things or they divest some of their assets. And now, for example, oh, they don't have a pipeline, which they used to have before. So anything that would alter the nature of their business, it's a reason to change the material topics. And also, You know, even though there's like a core set of things that they need to report, they also need to pay attention to what's happening in society because society moves faster than frameworks. So we have things like COVID. It's not in any framework, but companies need to talk about it. We have Black Lives Matter. We have attention to plastics. So we have a lot of things that are happening in society that companies need to address on top of their already material topics.
0: There's many ESG rating agencies and there's talk that there may be a consolidation among them. What are your thoughts on, consul- on a consolidation and what's the risk of limiting the number of rating agencies?
1: That's a loaded question. <laughs> but <laughs> so consolidation is happening. Um, so we had um, ISS acquire Ocum, and now it's called ISS Ocum. Then SMP also um, acquired um, Robic the ones that do DGSI, Also Morningstar acquired Sustainalytics. So we have lots of consolidation happening. And, you know, in the credit agency, um, like financial credit rating agency side of things, we have a very consolidated space with... You know companies like s p being you know one two three uh, providers of credit ratings, but I think that's where they think the industry is going. I try to think about and and it would really help companies because companies are suffering from this rating agency fatigue with so many different ratings and questionnaires being sent to them. However, I try to see them a little bit more so instead of ESG rating agencies being more like financial credit agencies, I try to see them as analysts. So I would not expect that all the analysts would say, okay, sell, sell, sell. Or Like you'll have some that would say buy, sell, or hold. Like you'll have different opinions because providing the... ESG rating of a company is so complex. There's so many factors. And um, somebody would believe that the environmental factors are higher. And somebody else would believe that the social factors are higher. So expecting them all to converge in one opinion, it's really hard, given the complex nature of what ESG is. So consolation is happening. There's no doubt about that. Whether we'll get to two or three, I I don't know. And I, I think we need the variety. And then different investors can go with the agency that more closely aligns with their values, just like people go with the analyst that closely aligns with what they believe the future will look like.
0: Who has some of the best sustainability or ESG reports you've seen? Who's doing it right?
1: That is a very, very difficult question. It's like picking a favorite child. But <laughs> I think, you know, there are lots of things out there. And also, people have very different definitions of what a good ESG report is. I try to like, in general, concise reports. I also like reports that are not afraid to deal with the difficult issues so that they don't shy away from the elephant in the room. I think, you know, had to pick two, and one is much shorter, the, the Gap, the clothing company, I think does a really good job of addressing the difficult issues in a concise report. And then Hewlett-Packard Enterprise also does a good job that's a little bit longer, but I also like how they dealt with some of their difficult issues.
0: What are some reporting faux pas?
1: Um, greenwashing for ones, and I know that You know, it's more like having trees and windmills and things like that, that make your company look greener than it already is. Also having just stories and no data to back it up. So lots of beautiful photos and, you know, nice stories, but no data
0: to back it up. Those are two of the things that I look for. And uh, so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
1: They can find me on LinkedIn under Rosa Rivero, or they can go to our website, responsibility-matters.com. We have lots of information, and um, we we even had a masterclass a few months ago. So if they're interested in learning more, like that's a place to find us.
0: Perfect. Well, this is a a conversation I've been wanting to have for a while. I think there's, as you know, so much confusion and and gray area in this space. So it's nice to have have some clarity, um, especially with, as you called it, a lot of the alphabet soup that's happening. So thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thanks for joining me on this episode of Green Bull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. Please submit guest ideas and ESG-related questions via our social media, at Green Bull Radio, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.